0: Early on when Facebook first came about, um, when you, you, had to, you had to always use your name. So you might notice on Facebook, uh, my name on there, I wasn't allowed to use father. So I could only put uh, my full name, Michael J. Dank. So that's how you find me on Facebook, but I am a priest. And um, the other thing that you had to do at that time was you had to fill out um, your, your single life. So there was kind of like a dating thing in the beginning as well. So the options were single, in a relationship, or married. And I thought, all right, I'm not, I'm not single. I don't want people to think like I'm looking for love here on Facebook. And I'm not married either, right? So, and, I, and I figured in a relationship would be like I'm in a relationship with God, so I'm not available. That was like my intent for choosing in a relationship. Well, when I chose in a relationship, it showed publicly all over Facebook. And all of a sudden I started getting like nasty um, emails and messages from people saying, how dare you publicly tell people that you're dating somebody? And so it kind of backfired on me and I realized, well, I guess I can't put in a relationship either. So I went back to single. So I'm single on Facebook. Well, now I get all these advertisements for Christian dating sites. So one of the advertisements I just got the other day says, uh, it it, it actually is a beautiful ad, but it shows um, couples that are coming together and they're kind of, it's like a romantic thing, but then they're also doing something like prayerful. So couples come together and they pray, or couples come together and they read scripture together, or couples come together around the dinner table. Just gave like different examples of of these prayerful, faithful couples. And the line that it said is, do you want a story like theirs? Get this app. So it's a Christian dating app. Do you want a story like theirs? Get this app. I think we all want a story of family that is faithful. I think we all want a story of families that come together around the dinner table. I think we all want a story of families that come together and celebrate the Eucharist together. I think we all want a story of being holy families. Probably each and every one of us yearns for our families to be holy. Now the difficult thing is, People are human right so um, you might have well i'm just going to ask you this how many of you have have struggles in your families raise your hand if you have struggles in your families anybody anybody not have struggles in their families so we all do right because we're human and we, we we hurt each other and we sin and we mess up but today we're given this example of the holy family right here and so the, the same thing could be said. Do you want a story like theirs? Then live your marriage like the Holy Family. And because we're focusing this year on the year of St. Joseph, I wanted to talk a little bit about St. Joseph and how he helped the Holy Family to be holy. Now this is kind of strange, right? Because Joseph is the most least holy of them all, right? He has Mary, who is uh, the Immaculate Conception, and of course, Jesus Christ, her son, who was born without sin, Joseph's the only one that has sin, but somehow or another, he is able to lead their family in ways of holiness. And I think it's important, too, that all of us priests um, who are father figures, but also fathers, realize that you are called to lead your families in holiness. And I hate to tell you how many times I hear wives come to me and say, "I I just can't connect with my husband. You know, I wish you I wish were more spiritual or more faithful or more religious or more holy. I just, I wish we had that intimacy together. And the reality is husbands are supposed to be the leaders of their family in holiness. St. Joseph sets the model for this. Mary and Joseph take all their direction from Joseph. So when Mary is pregnant and, and they have to go to Bethlehem, Joseph gets the dream. He takes Mary and, and, and Jesus in the womb to Bethlehem. When they have to flee to egypt joseph gets a dream and he says okay mary and jesus we're going to egypt when it's time to leave egypt and go back to galilee and nazareth another angel comes to him in a dream and they they go to nazareth he leads them he's the the most sinful of all and he leads them to be a holy family and see i believe that god gives fathers a special grace to be the spiritual leaders of the family too often when I talk to guys sometimes about that they'll say oh no that's my wife's job you know she's that it's like a good cop bad cop thing like the woman's the faithful one the guy's kind of not faithful and the opposite's supposed to be true so three things that Joseph does that really help him be holy and lead the holy family the first is that he's an adoptive father he takes this child and this mother this expectant mother and the child's not his, into his home and cares for them. I think of some of the best men that I know in my life are, are, are men that have, be, have chosen to become adopted fathers. Adopted fathers. So oftentimes it's a, it's a pregnant woman or a woman that's had a couple children, and he marries her and takes them into her home, and they become a holy family, and he sacrifices a great deal for that. But our families ultimately are supposed to be not just our primary family units, but we're supposed to be inviting of other people so that your home becomes a refuge for other people whose families might be broken down. Other people look to you to be the holy family. They look to you to model for them what it's like to have a loving father, a faithful mother, and and, and holy children. So that's the first is that you take people in. You invite people into your family. The second is that Joseph was a chaste spouse. So he was a chaste spouse. So we know from Scripture that he never um, had intercourse with Mary. And throughout their entire lives, that never happened as well. We know of that from our tradition. And I say that because in marriage, there are some times where... Intercourse is not possible. And sometimes where it's difficult because of pregnancy or difficult because of things going on in life, or just difficult as you get older. And I say this because that can be very tough for a man. But it can also be an opportunity for blessing. It can be an opportunity to live like St. Joseph. And so sometimes you choose that together as a couple, and sometimes you don't, and sometimes the husband doesn't have a choice. But it can be a, a way to look to St. Joseph really as a model of still being loving, still being a father, still being a, a husband, and doing that with, without the, the, um, the fruit of that. And the third is that he's obedient to God. So when Joseph, when, when Joseph hears the voice of God in his dreams... God asks him to take these risks in his life. He's obedient. And he takes the risks and he does it. And he leads his family on these new adventures. And so, fathers, there may be times that you're called to do that, times that you're called to take on a whole new adventure in life. Not only that's going to impact you, but maybe your entire family. And you will begin to lead them on an adventure. And so I just go back to the beginning um, kind of phrase of, do you want a story like theirs? Do you want a story like the Holy Family's? If you do, then live like the Holy Family. Really allow yourselves to take other children in, to take families in, to, be, to allow your family to be a place of refuge, to live chastely as husband and wife, also to enjoy that when you can enjoy that. And then, and then finally, too, to be obedient to God, to be open to this great adventure and this story that he wants to unfold in your life. So as we continue to celebrate this year of St. Joseph and celebrate the year of the Holy Family, may they be models to us of how our families can be holy as well.